If you tend to be discouraged in the daily moments or find the day to be mundane, we are here to encourage you, providing nourishment of word and spirit through every day in every season. We believe God did not call you, anoint you, and set you apart to live in an ordinary way. We're here to talk about how to bring the victory God gives in the practical every day. Like laundry, friendships, PB&J making, budgeting, church life, healing, and conflict resolution. I mean, who gets that last piece of pie or sit shotgun? Even in all these things, you can live like more than a conqueror. We are your hosts. I am Christine James. And I am Jocelyn DeWitt. This is Devoted, Devoted in, in the, the Daily. This podcast is sponsored by Train and Truth. It can be such a challenge to apply what the Word of God says to our messy lives, right? But it doesn't have to be. The truth is you can live each moment in the grace and the authority God has given you. Here's the thing. You either sweat in training or bleed in battle. Putting some sweat into training in the truth of God's Word will help to avoid all that unnecessary bleeding because the battles of life are inevitable. Train in Truth helps you to work the right muscles in your mind and emotions to make the decisions that create the reality that you want to live, filled with truth. Start training now on the Train in Truth web app at train-in-truth.passion.io or find out more at trainintruth.com. All links mentioned today can be found on this episode's webpage as well. Christine and Jocelyn are your hosts for these conversations and for a little context. When Jocelyn, that's me, a 36-year-old who's got a heart for deliverance, passion for prayer, and loves to just go with the flow, meets up with Christine, that's me, a 40-year-old creative who loves structure, clean living, along with discipleship, and then the two of us overshare about our passion for a God that moves in our daily ins and outs. Well, this podcast is what happens. So let's get this ball rolling. Okay. Okay. I'm Jocelyn. And well, I hit rock bottom in 2017 when my husband left and I became a single mom of four. Now living clean and sober and passionately in love with Jesus, I influence thousands on the socials and minister to anyone in need of prayer. I'm Christine. And I accepted Jesus the summer of my sixth grade year because of a library book. And then I found church finally at age 17, and it wasn't long till I fell in love with ministry. After walking uh, just a few (laughs) valleys and mountaintops and becoming a wife, a mom, an author, and learning to thrive despite thyroid disease, I founded a ministry called Train in Truth. First episode. We are so excited. So excited. This is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Um, so we thought that maybe for this first little episode, we could introduce ourselves a, a bit. Yeah, let's do that. Maybe do a little little interview. A little Q&A. little Q&A. I like questions. Yeah? Yeah, I do. I like to dig deep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's do that. Let's do it. So let's start off with asking you some questions, Christine. Sure. Tell me a little bit about yourself. We'll tell all of us a little bit about yourself. All right. Are you going to ask me questions? All right. First question is this. Okay. Why write a book? Yeah, I wrote a book. Um, I wrote a Bible study curriculum. And I I mean, I knew I was going to write a book at like a young age. Um, you knew at a young age that you were going to write a book? Yeah, at like, I mean, when I was a teenager. 
or no, I was, I was like 1920. So God just put that desire in your heart. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe because I loved books. I loved reading devotionals and I loved hearing how other people, um, what they learned from God and gleaning from that. And I I just, and I, I just felt like I wanted to do that too. So I didn't know what it was going to look like. And of course, I mean, before I ever even contemplated like doing it, God really humbled me. God had to be God. (laughs) I kind of got a little humbled. (laughs) Like, uh, do you really know anything to like write and share? And I I mean, I did, but he had to transform a lot of my thinking. Mm -hmm. And I had to go through some stuff and then and then um and then I read a book yep I had to share like I just had to tell people what I just had to tell people what I had discovered amen to that you know I, yes yes yeah once you know something good and find something beautiful and amazing you can't you can't hold it back and I feel like as I you know I, I've as I've been watching myself for the past few years I mean, I want to teach and tell people things all the time. So mm-hmm. I feel like there might be like this teaching gift or anointing that I have. And so every time I learn something, I have to like, I want to start flipping it and figure out how I can communicate it. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. So, yeah. I very much can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. So tell me something. You have four kids. I have four boys and we had them in five years yeah girl it was hard so how did you do all of that with four kids well i mean it took me two years to write the book and i didn't even start doing it until my littles were in preschool so like when i kind of sensed that i had permission to actually put my kids in school and not have to homeschool um i had so when my littles were in preschool, I had like three hours a day, every day with no kids home. So um, I just had to be really disciplined. And when you say littles, you're saying the bottom two, the, the bottom, last two. The bottom two. I've got the bigs and we've got the littles. There's like a 14-month uh, gap between the first two. Yes. And then there's a 21-month gap, I think. I had a miscarriage in there. But that's the biggest gap. And then... A 19-month gap in, in between the littles. So we kind of just clump them. We've got the bigs and the littles. Ditto. Yeah? Yes. Bigs and littles. Yeah. I got the same thing. Cool. So what led you to start training truth? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was just, um, I you know, I wrote Crown and Sword, and I just knew I wanted to get it online and and get, I don't know, I just felt this draw to do the online thing. And I, Train and Truth was just kind of the the verbiage, the words that came forth. I didn't want it to be like christinejanes.com ministry or, I don't know. And I just, I don't even remember how to, how the verbiage came out with Train and Truth, but. It just flew out via just the spirit. Out, yeah. The spirit just came out. Sure. Yeah. yeah. We'll just say that. And then, and then um, I wanted, yeah, and then I just started doing more after Crown and Sword. I wanted, I found that the curriculum was really intensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, 
And so people would start it, but not finish it. It just like, I think they got maybe overwhelmed with, with it all a little bit. And so I wanted to break it down more so that it would be easier and more, um, more easy to do within the daily, like a 15 minute little blurb and people didn't feel like they had to sit down for an hour to work on it. Yes. Um, and so then I started creating more like courses or, you know, breaking it down more to teach more smaller increments, easier to swallow. And so when there was more courses besides crown and sword, um, it just needed kind of an umbrella. And so that's what Train and Truth is. And it is. It's a very easy step process. Yeah. It's just one step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Daily. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be consistent. You got to be consistent in it. Like my passion is really getting women in the word every day. Like we need to be consistent about keeping his his word in the daily. Like even if it's five minutes, can we just like get in the word? Choosing in. I like to say the word choose the words choosing you in. Use, you do use that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Just choose in every day. It yeah. doesn't matter how it's gonna look. Right. Just choose in the minute you wake up. Yeah. To whatever God has for you in that day. By choosing into him. And getting in the word. Well that's what I mean. Right. Spirit and yeah, word and spirit. Yeah. Cool. I love it. Um question for you. How has your health and your journey with thyroid been with writing a book and building train and truth like like what was like one of your hardest and and one of your most beautiful moments in doing all that because that you did it all in the in in the midst of it all yeah well i mean i think see jocelyn knows a lot of my trials here so she's digging here um <laughs> I'd said, I like to dig. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, I didn't actually start writing until um, I was diagnosed and started feeling a little better. But the problem was um, I would get these, um, I don't, it would plague me at times, you know, um, mm-hmm. and it would knock me out. So I, uh, I just had to learn a lot of balance um and grace oh man that was the biggest Mm. thing when getting sick had to learn a lot of grace and I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about that throughout these episodes but um how did I do all of this while dealing with my health is what's your question right yeah because I I just love to relate to the fact that you were so humble and so honest and some days were good and some days weren't so good and mm, you, some yeah. days you needed the grace and some days you you had the strength in Christ to be able to persevere. Right. Right. And I think that's just something that we can all, it's an unspoken thing that, mm, that we, we need all to... need to be able to relate to. Yeah. Like, so Jocelyn and I first met when I came to speak at her women's retreat and she picked me up. She was one of the people that picked me up. And I mean, I just (laughs) fell in love with her right away. But I was really sick. Mm -hmm. I was not doing well that in that season. And so she she saw me. I would like, I mean, between sessions, like I would get up and I would share. And then I was like in my room on the couch um, resting 
I didn't even join in with the meals with everybody or right. anything. Right. Like, I just, I was down for the count. And I remember one time my brother was actually leading worship there. And he goes, one time he was like, we're just going to, I was supposed to go on and speak. Yes. But he had led worship and he was like, I really feel like we need a time of prayer before we go into the teaching. So find somebody to pray over. And I'm like, holy gosh, I cannot I'm not going, I have nothing in me to give other than what I, I have prepared, prepared. And ready. I am leaving the room and they can all pray for each other. <laughs> I, like, I like exited the room and just went outside. I mean, I don't know if that was the best choice because afterwards Joy was like, I really wanted to pray over you. And that mm-hmm. would have been such a blessing. But, but I just, I mean, I was, I was in it. You were weak in the moment and God gave you the strength to get through it. Yeah. And, and there's like, I just feel like there's so much unspoken depth behind everything that we do that it looks good it looks like we're not struggling it looks like we're just persevering with all this strength and and we forget to really show people that like we can struggle behind the scenes and it is god that is coming full force it is the spirit that is you know birthing out of us and speaking out of us and so I, i love that you talked about grace and the need for god's grace yeah in I mean, the temptation, too, is like oh. to try and be there and look like I had it all together. And oh, yeah, we'll go into that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, peace out. I'm going to my peace room, guys. Out. I'm good. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. We don't all have it together. Yeah. But God does. God does. Hmm. I love that. Thank you. Sure. Um, I, We are. OK. We've got a little bit more time to talk about me if you want. OK. So I know that you're an actor, so tell us about that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> tell like like you have this deep passion to act and you do it so eloquently and lovely and mm. um your spoken words just impact the soul and the heart so beautifully. So so where does this passion stir and where do you hope to see it go? Oh. I don't know. Um I started in junior high. And I think back to it, and I think like my first real like thing was 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 doing a poem. I did like um, one of those off the side where the sidewalk ends poem. Oh, okay. Little Peggy Ann McKay cannot go to school today. I have the measles and the mumps. Look at you go! I know. I think I saw that in the prize. Anyway. Um, I just, it's just funny now thinking back that it was a, a poem that I recited that first time and I won the, I won the, the competition thing. It was fun. But, um, I just, I don't know. I have a, a, a love of acting. Um, and so I did it all through high school. I went to a like performing arts high school and did a lot of it. I was an honor thespian. Well, what is an honor thespian? A thespian. I don't is even an know actor. what that word means. I okay. Know. Well, yeah. now you now I do. Yeah. Now we so all do. A thespian is is an actor. Um, and so I put there's like a program too that they have for high school where, you know, it's a thespian club and to be an honor thespian, you have to like put a thousand hours into the theater department and anyway. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So after I graduated, I um I pursued acting and I did ministry. Um, and so I was living in Boulder, Colorado, and I got an agent in Denver. And so, um, that was fun. It didn't last for long, but I did it for a little bit. 
I'm love it. I mean, I didn't do much. I did like one commercial. But it's and, a like, desire. Some, some like, yeah. And then after that, of course, I'm like, I want to still do this. And so I did some at church. And then I started writing my own stuff. Actually, my agent always encouraged us to write our own monologues. Really? Yeah. So he would hold workshops and we would go weekly because he just wanted to make his actors like talented, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. In, invest in them and teach them. So um, I would go every Sunday to these workshops and he always, yeah, would encourage us to, to write our own monologues. And so I don't know, it just kind of grow. And then the spoken word happened when Dave, my husband, he, I mean, and this was after... I think we had all our kids at this point. I don't know. Maybe not. But uh, he was doing a special worship song for Easter. And he had seen a David Bowden. Bowden? I don't know his, how to pronounce his last name. But he's this phenomenal spoken word artist. And and he he does this spoken word piece in the middle of this song. Mm-hmm. And he pulls me in. And he shows this 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 spoken word video to me. And he's like, I want you to do this. <laughs> I'm like, what? 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 I can't. And of course, you know, a lot of spoken word is like this, <laughs> almost like a rapping yes. sort of thing. And I'm like, well, I can't do it like that. And he goes, I know. I just, I think you should do this. And so it was really long and I memorized the whole thing. And it was so awesome to like get up there in the middle of the song and to just, there's just power in, in words. Mm-hmm. And when you can present them in in a way, I feel like spoken word cuts through a lot of, it, it just cuts straight to the heart. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely does. It just. Kind of like music maybe, mm-hmm. but yeah. I think some ears receive it and some ears don't. Like if some people get impacted by music and worship and some people get impacted by poetry or yeah. it's all very different. But I think you just, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And then I think I Am Mom was one of the first ones. No, I wrote some other ones before that that were fun. But but I am, I am the I Am Mom one was pretty. It's it's pretty spot on. It's pretty spot. I mean, it was came from the depths of my gut. <laughs> I was I was in it. You were in it to win it. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Was, but in the depths of it all. Yeah. And then he had me write one about. Um, oh, he he had a special, he, he was doing a worship night and he wanted me to write something for it where he had this special song um, by All for One. No. I don't know. That was wrong. That wasn't the, the right artist. I'll remember. I'll remember. But it's um, in it, it talks about a girl that cuts herself mm. and is in deep depression. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? You want me to write what? You know, and I like, I'm like, I don't, I have no experience with this. Mm. I don't, I don't know. I've known people that have. Mm-hmm. And so then I just started praying and uh, a friend of mine came to my, to, to mind mm-hmm. and um, she had been through it in a big way and she really struggled with cutting. And so I asked her to share her story with me and mm. she went into it um, and told me all the details. And it was such a gift to hear her testimony. Mm. Um, and then I just kind of went there in my head and my heart and put some, put some words to it. The Lord just totally led me, um, 
through through that journey. And some of those ones that I've written that are like that one, um, and then the one from about a girl that that had the, the abortion. Those ones were just so. I mean, they were hard. I can only imagine. They were hard to write because I have to go there in my being, mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of, you know, and dwell there a little bit mm-hmm. to really kind of figure out the words and. Right. Uh, yeah. And then portray it. So. Anyway. I think it's really interesting. I love the spoken words. You guys got to check it out. Um, So you discovered Jesus without a church or a person. <laughs> Tell me about that. How did you like learn how to follow? Well, I mean, I, I, I just fell in love with the Bible. Mm. And I just started reading it. I don't even know. I don't, I don't know, honestly, how it all happened. And then eventually I found a devotional and that it, it was the Rebecca St. James devotional. Yes. <laughs> and, um, that, that was amazing to me to be equipped like that with that sort of, it was a tool to help me yes. navigate scripture and know how to apply it. I mean, and, and I did, cause I didn't have a church that I was going to, that was teaching me those things. Mm-hmm. So, um, the devotional was, was pretty key in my walk, even though I, I don't know, I think I talked to the Lord still and I like, um, I, I read the Bible. I, I just fell in love with it. I don't know. And then, um, I stumbled upon my church during, um, a matinee when I was acting really in high school. Yeah. The church was using, uh, the school auditorium. And so, um, you know, my, my director was like totally peeved because we had a matinee and they were all in there. (laughs) And so, but I remember sitting on the stairs with one of the, the gals that was, um, in the play with me and a friend of mine and she was singing some of the worship songs. She was like, we were sitting there outside the door and they were doing worship and she, she knew the worship songs. And, um, so I just sat there and I, and I listened and I was like, wow, this is a church. This is cool. And so then after that, I just started going to this church every, every week that was in, um, the auditorium and in, in the auditorium. Yeah. And then, um, it, blew up and now it's like this huge mega church but that's where I found ministry um that's where I got involved like I went for maybe a year or so and then uh after I grad like I went and went to the youth group and um Paul Andrews the youth pastor (laughs) he saw I don't know he saw that I had some leadership qualities yeah and so as soon as I graduated he was like hey you want to do this you want to do youth ministry I'm like uh sure you did youth ministry? I did so much youth ministry. How did I not know this about know, you? I don't know, but well, now- I like, and that was the coolest thing because stepping into like, stepping into ministry got me, it gave me a family. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. It's you know? true. Like serving yes. together. Yes. I w- was all, all of a sudden I was like uh, staying after church and talking with, with parents and families and, and yeah, kids' parents were investing in me, and it was just—it was really cool. I love that. Yeah, and then after every you know youth group, I would go out the, with the leaders, and we would just have a blast. Yeah, yeah, just evolving life. Yeah, it was just, it, it, yeah, that's where I fell in love with the ministry. Hmm, that's awesome. Okay, okay, I mean, that was way too much about me. 
Well, let's let's okay. Let's dive in about about you about me. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Okay. So in this beginning little intro we have, you said that you ran from Jesus for most of your life. Can you tell us why? Hi, there are multiple reasons why, actually. Um, so I believed in God. Okay. I was never a non-believer. I was just never a follower mm. or a... Um, surrenderer Hmm. right i would never surrender my life to christ i will never follow jesus wow um something i used to say as a a grown-up was if i pray if i prayed i'd pray for you which knowing me now that's the funniest thing that could ever come out of my mouth (laughs) i love that distinction though from uh, a believer and a follower oh 100 like i i always you know my grandparents were believer or followers and believers and um but I, I didn't grow up in a house that went to church or followed Jesus. Like, we just didn't. We would go to church on Easter. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But that was it. And I grew up kind of just believing that God was there, a greater, you know, a power yeah. greater than myself. Okay. Um, And believing in creation and, and just living life like that. But at the end of the day, I was extremely prideful. Mm. That's just the root of the truth. I carried a lot of pride. I will do it my way. I will have it my way. Um, and I grew up being told that women can do anything. And so you will do anything. And you, mm. you, you know, I had that mentality wow. okay. of I'm capable of anything. So everybody get out of my way. Huh. Yeah. I don't need anything or anybody, which is so funny because my testimony is just so much about codependency and uh, doing everything <laughs> for people. <laughs> So it's just this twisted mindset. Uh-huh. Yeah. I had such a twisted mindset. And um, so I basically just ran from God and just refused to allow somebody else to be in control mm-hmm. and refused to just submit. And then I met my ex-husband in culinary school and, you know, he, he liked to tell me, well, you can believe in Jesus, but he doesn't belong in this house. Hmm. And then I had a, a lot of hurt, church hurt, being kind of a rebel. Um, so you say you have church hurt, but you didn't go to church. No, I did. Once in a while. Okay. God was always drawing me near. Okay. So you didn't, you only occasionally went to church. No, I would go. Yeah, I would go occasionally. Um, and then there would be these blips of time where I, I knew like, I knew that I belonged to Jesus. I belonged. I needed to go, but I wouldn't go. Like, I was so prideful. And I had this deep mentality of, you don't belong there. You're too filthy. You're too dirty. You don't belong there. Mm. You can't read the word because I had tons of literature issues like dyslexia and learning issues. And, and I couldn't grasp what the Bible said. And so I just believed that God didn't want me. That's the, that's the truth. I just, as since I was a kid... So you believed those things, but you had church hurt. So do you think right. that it's they were things that you felt projected on you from people at the church? Or no, do you no, think no. I you believe... went into that, into that space with that mentality and then people 100%. encouraged it? 100%. So since I was a kid, I, I went to church when I was eight with my neighbors. And I was struggling to read. Okay just struggling and 
we all sat around a table and you had to read the Bible out loud. Oh. And I instantly was like, what? Yeah. Wait a minute. I can't, I can't read out loud. Like this isn't a thing in my life. Well, and it's not like most Bibles are very, um, no, we were reading like King James version. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So that really wasn't a thing, you know? And, um, so we sat there and, and so I just started running because I was like, well, clearly I'm not smart enough to read your words, which means that you don't want me or you would allow me to read your word. And so I just started running from God and started, um, believing what other people told me was, you know, you are capable of anything. You can do anything. You don't need anybody. Um, and a lot of my family is not believers. So I had both sides kind of pulling and pushing and that was difficult. Yeah. It was really, really difficult to constantly have this draw to God, but like not feel worthy enough or capable enough. And then I had my other side of my family who were heavy believers, my uncle and my aunt and their kids were just so faith filled and just in love with Jesus. And I just looked at them jealously. Mm. Like how, how can you have all that joy Hmm. and all that peace? And I just didn't think I could have it. I just didn't think it was for me. I just thought as a kid with my limited perspectives, I couldn't go there. So, so with the church hurt, I brought all that in. Okay. And basically felt like it was affirmed. Yeah. 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 Like I just wasn't good enough hmm. over and over again. Cause I would go to church and then I'd leave and then I'd go to church and then I'd leave. Okay. Um, and I just felt like it wasn't a door that was available for me. Hmm. So what about your husband leaving allowed your heart to be open to God. <laughs> uh, so I basically made my ex-husband like the idol of my life. Yeah. You know, I lived my life surrendered um, to just do whatever to make that work and be good and be whole because the desire of my life was to always have a family. And so there it was. So I was going to just surrender and make everything work and put all my desires and hopes aside. Well, when he left, it was like God took away mm. the wall between me and him and just said, here's all your fears, all your nervousness, like all, everything that I was afraid of was now surfaced to the level to like, uh, you know, surface to the, the, the top of the surface. It was just surface. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I <laughs> can say that, like it was just brought right full wow. force up front yeah. and put in my face. Like, I was terrified of being alone. I was terrified of being a single mom. I was, you know, hurt. I was filled with trauma. And um, I had been running from God. And I, I kept running a little bit after he left because of my pride. And I was like, I will not surrender. Yeah, yeah. Like, I will take care of this and I will figure it right, out. Right, right. Um, but God let me run to my end of myself. Like, he let me realize that I was dead mm. in a tomb. And like Lazarus just in there gone and my my ex-husband leaving basically was like when jesus came to roll away the stone that's he left Hmm. and allowed jesus to come up and push the stone out of the way and call me out wow that's how it felt okay very much so totally 
thankful. Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, okay. So when did you actually get plugged into a church? Right away. Yeah. Actually. Like right after he left? Uh, no. Well, let's, okay, we'll go there. So right after he left, I uh, was like, well, I'm not the problem. Like, I'm fine. And uh, basically, I started going to Al-Anon for a month, and I was still struggling. I was still just dragging myself to recovery meetings and just, like, trying to make it through and trying to survive. And one day, my mom looked at me and said, you know, you're on a roller coaster, and these kids are on it with you, and you need to get off. Mm. And I was like, huh? What? Like, that hit. I don't know what in it hit me, but it hit me. And I was like, okay, I'll go to church. And I started going. And I remember just sitting there and listening. And your brother was actually on the worship team. And he has no idea that, like, his voice, like, drew me to the Lord. Like, he was an impactful um, person in that time for me. Hmm. But I just got wooed in. Yeah. And for the first time, it wasn't people giving me pieces of love and pieces of this or that but like I got to experience like the whole heart of Jesus because hmm. God's love is not in pieces it's not like here's a little here here's a little there it's like whole yeah it's like the wholeness of Christ like you get to really experience it and I had been searching for it my entire life just mm-hmm. in people and things mm-hmm. and you know addiction and things like that so to go to church and experience the whole heart of God was mind-blowing to me and so I basically got on my knees and I said Lord like if you're real and you won't let me die like I die to myself and I ask you to Mm. revive me okay let me live in you yeah and I just was desperate to live life and so I plugged myself into everything. Mm-hmm. I went to every worship night. <laughs> I went to every Bible study. I did everything. I cleared out my closet in my bedroom and I made a prayer closet. And I just like spent three hours in there a day. And I would rock my daughter to sleep in there because she was a baby at the time. And I would just sit in there and pray and pray and pray for hours and just dove into the church and into the body of Christ and let yeah. them just yeah like try to feed and like nourish me and like God yeah. use people. Yeah. He totally for does. the first time. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty radical. Yeah. It sounds like it. Um, okay. Just a few more things that I really want to hear about, but we don't want to go too long here. So, um, you said you met your husband in culinary school. So you're a cook. So I'm a cook. Yes. Tell us about culinary life. Um, so I basically in high school, I just started really having this desire to cook and I just started going, I went to a skill center in high school and I fell in love with it. And I was like, this will tell me if I want to go to culinary school or not. Like if I really love this, I will go and do it. And it fed into my rebellious side and my creative side. So I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, cause the culinary world is its own world. And so I went to culinary school and I just fell in love. Like I fell in love with being in the kitchen. I fell in love with the smell. I fell in love mm. with the sharp knives. I fell in love with all the different food. I fell in love with the people. I fell in love with the culture. Like I just fell in love with the ability to love people and nourish people through mm. food. Yeah. 
you know, and the creative side. Right. So I started competing. Wow. I know. I did hot food competitions and we competed regionally. And that was super fun. I'll bet. Yeah, I did ice sculpting. That was that was what? awesome. <laughs> I know. That's a culinary thing? That's a culinary thing. Yeah, you gotta have an ice sculpture at some presentations. Wow. Yeah, that was super fun. And uh I just fell in fell in love with it. I worked in restaurants and, you know, lived quite the rebellious life in the midst of all of that. But I met my ex husband in culinary school and we competed together and that was that was a sweet, sweet time. In my life. That was probably the time when I was really walking in who I was, who God, like God created me to nourish people well with food, Mm -hmm. to pour out my love for them through my cooking. Yeah. And so it was nice to just do that for people. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a really, really sweet time. And now I get to take it into my world now and like have people over and cook for them and, and ask them what they like and just... You've never cooked for me, Jocelyn. I don't know how that's possible. I know. <laughs> I don't even know how that's possible. Um, yeah. And it, my cooking's evolved. It's really, really evolved right. over time. Well, I hope so. Yeah. Well, after going through Train of Truth, you know, you learn how to cook a little more clean. <laughs> <laughs> I have a wellness program, guys. Yeah. And uh, Jocelyn, I wrote Jocelyn into it. Well, here's the thing. I was a food addict for so long. Yeah. You know, and so I just cooked with a heck of a lot of butter and a lot of heavy cream and love to fry things. And then I became with all a, the good oils, right? With all the good oils. You're right. And uh, and then I became a vegan for a year and cooked a vegan and really learned how to cook vegetables really well. Ooh, and that was fun. I'll so, bet. you know, God used everything. Yeah. And now totally it's does. just good. Um, OK, so one more question. Um, you do prayer ministry. I do do prayer ministry. And it's kind of fun hearing all of the things that you already shared. Will you tell us what birthed this like prayer ministry? What birthed the prayer ministry was basically just as you were saying, like once you learn something, you can't help but share it. Once you learn something, you can't help but like help other people get to that place. Mm -hmm. Once you learn that like you can get delivered from oppression and depression and um, the bondage of addiction and codependency and just all of those things, like there's true healing to have, there's true freedom to have. And I just have this like deep, just deep, deep rooted passion to like help people truly find their victory and their freedom and the healing that like Jesus died to give them, like the blood covers it all. Yeah. So how do you do that though? So basically through my recovery and my recovery like journey, I would just start praying for people. Like I just couldn't help it. Like as I was, you know, leading a 12 step um, at CR, I did CR for a while. I would just pull people aside and start praying for them and, and helping them break off inner vows or ungodly beliefs that they had or, you know, pray healing over them and, and just deliverance, really. And then COVID happened, you know. And I started hosting, like, the groups at our house. And then we birthed a ministry out of that. And that took off for a while and went onto TikTok and, like, created this whole entire ministry called People Over Profit. And my side was all the prayer ministry side. Yeah. So I did one-on-ones with people um, full-time, basically, all around the country from all over. Yeah. 
just that I had met online and just ministered healing and freedom into their lives through prayer and like allowing them to get vulnerable in front of Christ. Yeah. You mention recovery a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so you've led 12 steps. You do. Led the 12 steps, done the NA, did the AA, done the Al-Anon. But <laughs> you've actually led in a lot of these. Led in the, I've led a lot in um, the Christ Center Recovery. So okay. a lot of the 12 steps. So walking people through 12 step um, recovery and then really just taking like what 12 step is and applying it to Christ centered, right? Yeah. Like admitting yeah. your faults, right. confessing the fact that you have right. um, character defects mm. and you have to bring those into the light and allow God to heal them and renew them, right? Renewing the mind. Yeah. And um, like what repentance is like, turning your will and your life over to God and letting go and letting him take care of it. Like really walking people through healing and restoration. Recovery is one way. Secular recovery is different from Christ-centered recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, But I believe they all have something in common and that is freedom and that is victory. And the people in the secular world, they get way more vulnerable and way more honest than the church does. And so to see them both simultaneously. Yeah. And just desire to bring that to my brothers huh. and sisters yeah. and allow them to see that it is possible yeah. is just a deep passion of mine. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's really awesome to watch people like really walk out the true freedom when they choose in. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So that's All right. what I love to do. That's so cool. All right. I think we're past time. I think it's time to call it. It's time to call it. That was fun. That was fun. Good times. Good times. Have you heard of Trades of Hope? This incredible company is bringing hope to women all around the world. As a mother-daughter team, the founders created Trades of Hope after learning about the atrocities women face around the world, including the U.S. The lack of jobs for women forces mothers to give up their kids to orphanages, increases women's risk of being trafficked while keeping them in a cycle of poverty and social oppression. The founders knew they had to use the privilege they were born into to create a platform for women to show the world what they are capable of. They traveled the world to listen. And one thing was made very clear. These women don't want charity. They want an opportunity. While trades of hope, handbags, and jewelry may seem frivolous at first glance, every purchase supports a woman leading her family out of poverty. She doesn't need pity or charity. She's proud to be providing for her kids and being the hero of her own story. So no, these accessories aren't frivolous. They're physical representations of women using their skills and rising around the world. To support women artisans around the world and train in truth, go to tradesofhope.com slash question mark equals Christine James. All links mentioned can be found in this episode's webpage.